action is what breeds momentum. Momentum is really just kind of what drives you forward to achieving your goals. Welcome to the Mom Entrepreneur Success Podcast with Mariana C. Ruiz, the podcast for the go-getter mom entrepreneur who refuses to let motherhood slow her down from achieving success and making an impact. Tune in Mondays to learn the success secrets of top influencers who also happen to be moms so that you can reach the success, freedom, and impact you desire. This episode of the Mom Entrepreneur Success Podcast is brought to you by my Freedom Coaching Program. Are you serious about making a full-time living with your business? Then get ready to implement the strategies that get you real results in less time. I will support you 110% for six months to create a business that has real results and real profits. In just six months, you'll have a business that's consistently generating leads, making an impact online, and bringing in cash to not only support the business itself, but also to support your family, all from the comfort of your own home, so that you have the freedom to spend as much or as little time with your children as you want to. And not just that, I have had clients who have gone from a brand new business idea to paying clients in just three weeks as well as clients who have had their first 5K month within the first month of working together. So if this sounds like something that would benefit you, head on over to marianacruiz.com and click on the work with me tab. There you'll find all of the information about the program as well as a link to my scheduling app so that you can go ahead and schedule a time to see if working together would be a good fit for both of us. So head on over to marianacruiz.com and click on the work with me tab. Okay, now back to the show. Hi, and welcome back to the Mom Entrepreneur Success Podcast. Today we have Jennifer Maynard on, and she is a leadership and business coach serving entrepreneurs and executives who are ready to launch their unconventional life. She believes everyone can create the flexible life that they want with their career that lights them up. Welcome, and I'm excited to talk to you, Jennifer. I am super happy to be here. I always love chatting with you, so to do it in this setting and to share with your audience is fabulous. Yeah, exactly. So we actually connected when we were both kind of starting our business in, I think it was like December-ish or November of last year, and well, actually 2014 now by the time this show airs. Anyways, we've always just kind of stayed in touch and supported each other. And it's really been beautiful, like seeing your business grow and evolve over time. Yeah. And I would say the same thing for you. It's really fun to kind of see people's transformations and learn from other people. And yeah, it's been a pleasure. And I'm glad that I just randomly connected with you that so long ago, right? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in business and what prompted you to go in this direction. So that's a really good question. I definitely had a little bit of an unconventional start, which probably every entrepreneur does. In my particular case, I had a really great corporate job that I actually really liked. But when I left and went on maternity leave, when I came back, they kind of changed my job. And all of a sudden, I wasn't really using my skills and strengths or doing anything that 
I was really passionate or frankly lit up about, right? And it just started this sort of downhill spiral of needs and wants that were different than what was currently happening. And <laughs> And, and you know how it is. It's like once you plant a seed in your brain about something, little things just kind of start happening. So we took a family vacation. We went to Costa Rica. We had family friends that were moving there. We sort of fell in love with it and just randomly decided, hey, we're going to move there too. And then next thing you know, six months later, we quit our jobs, moved to Costa Rica and just kind of threw caution to the wind. And within that period... I went and bought an LLC and a domain name and built a website, totally went backwards on everything that I was trying to do. <laughs> and there's the dog barking. We took the dog with us to Costa Rica. So she's an international traveler as well. And, and I just kind of slowly, slowly started. I was doing a lot of research and Googling and figuring things out. And, you know, how do I want to use these strengths and skills that I have and the things that I loved and did so well in corporate and make it kind of my own? I personally never had this like, vision or idea of being an entrepreneur. I like working with people. I like working with teams. I am absolutely an extrovert, not an introvert. So even just sitting at home working by myself is really challenging sometimes for me. So I think that in general, my transition, my process and getting to where I am was kind of like years and years and years in the making. And then even once I sort of pulled the cord and did it. It was still months and months and months and months in making and still even is today. So that's sort of a convoluted way to answer that question, but that's pretty much the beginning of my journey. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that answer because I think so many of us, like that's how it happens. It's not an overnight success and it's those little forward two steps, backwards three kind of thing. Totally, that, totally, totally. Well, and when you have, when you are a mom, right, when you are a mom, and it's really for everyone, but when you're a parent in general, there's so many things that happen in life and so many directions that you take, the things that are just unexpected and unpredictable. And I not only did I never even think I would end up being a mom, I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. I never thought I'd live in Costa Rica. You know, you name it, like everything that I'm doing today looks nothing like I ever envisioned or thought it would in the past. And even my definition of success is far different now than it ever was in the past. And yeah, so the story is such an amazing part of the journey. And I think so often we hear the success stories of people like, yeah, in the first year of really working hard, quote unquote, is when I made my first hundred thousand. Well, these people might've been in business for years, or maybe they've been thinking about their idea or brainstorming on it, but never executing. Like everyone has a story and the more transparent we can be about sharing those, the better it will bring us all up and all forward together. Love that. Exactly. And so like, I'm curious because I'm such a dog lover and <laughs> you mentioned about your dog. So how did that work? Like, this is not necessarily a part of the podcast, but just it's interesting to me. Did you have to like quarantine the dog or like how did it work to transport the dog back and forth? No, it's a good question because a lot of people just ask me about traveling and because a lot of people want to do something like this, right? Or they have a vision of something mm -hmm. similar and then how would they ever do it? If Because there's this, often, as you know, we have an idea of what we want to do, but we think so hard about how we'll do it and how we'll get there that we don't really focus on what it is we want and then worry about how to get there later, which is usually the proper way to achieve a goal. So for in this case, though, it was so easy because Costa Rica was one of those places that doesn't require quarantine. So it's just like some simple paperwork you have to have and you pretty much just get Get that paperwork, bring them in, and you do some things at the airport on both ends, and that's it. It was a little more challenging 
going the reverse and coming home, but only because then we, you know, had to find a veterinarian in Costa Rica and do some things there on our exit out. But every country is really different. There are some countries it's very easy to transport with your animals. There are some it's not. They've changed the rules on flying. When we went out, she was basically under the plane, but not considered a shipped animal. She was in with the luggage. There's like different ways you can do that. And then on the way back, they changed that process and they canceled. You couldn't do that anymore. So she actually flew on the airplane with us. So there's all sorts of different processes and ways depending on where you're going and what you're doing. And Costa Rica just happens to be one of the easier ones. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm sure there are definitely moms who are wanting to do something like this. So how did you get to that final stepping stone where you're like, yes, let's do it. Let's move to Costa Rica. And like you said, throw caution to the wind. So how? That's really hard for me to imagine, like how getting there Yeah, totally. So the one thing I would say, and I talk about this a lot with my own clients, is family planning is like probably one of the most important things that you can do in this step, right? So it's just having really open, honest, candid dialogue with your partner around what you want your family goals to be. And in our case, our family goals were very similar in the outcome of what we wanted from like an emotional standpoint. We wanted more time with our daughter. We wanted to help her grow, watch her grow, be a part of that process, right? So there were all these things that we kind of said were the needs, desires, and the emotions that we want. And then it was just a matter of figuring out the right thing and the right way to line those up. And Costa Rica, it really was a random thing. We went on a family vacation. We had friends that were going there. They were moving. It was like, that's so crazy. How could anyone do that? And then we were like, well, wait a minute. Why couldn't we do that? You know? <laughs> and it just sort of was like very slow conversation to say, well, could we do that? Oh, sure. Maybe we could. Maybe for like three months. Maybe we could just take sabbaticals and just go for fun. And it was just that whole transformation of the perfect things aligned up where, like I said, we came back home and they actually asked my husband to go on like a night shift. And it was like, well, if he went on the night shift, he'd never see our daughter. He'd never see me. And all the stuff that we were saying was the most important things to us, you know, that we were really, really wanting to have happen and were important in life were not going to be able to happen anymore, right? If all of a sudden he was working third shift or something. So it was just that sort of alignment of these things happening. But as far as like executing on it and all of that, it really went back to having that family discussion, creating a family plan, a family vision, and then creating good goals to line up to that and executing on it, making it happen. So when we made the decision in November and said, or early December of 2014, like, we're going to go, we didn't leave till May of 2015. So we had six months then to actually take the steps and make it happen. So it wasn't like an overnight process or anything like that. So for me, it all just goes back really to having that open dialogue, be constantly talking about what are those goals and needs and desires that you want? Because whether it becomes something that was never a vision or a whim like Costa Rica, or it's something really serious like buying your first house or moving to a favorite city or something like that, you have to have that baseline together and really kind of use that as your leveraging point and your stepping stone to really put the good goals and the tasks and the actions and the execution for that plan long-term. Love that. So It really starts with the family planning, the vision, and chatting with your husband really clearly about what your goals are together. 
Exactly. Exactly. And I really firmly believe that. Perfect example. And there's probably people within your audience, and I know I've been this myself as well. We start daydreaming. We're thinking about this magical, wonderful thing we want to do, this business we want to create. And we start to do it in a vacuum and a little bit in a silo. And so sometimes the first time you go and you tell your partner like, So I have this great idea. I want to start this business. It really uses my skills and strengths. And even if you have it all thought out in your head, but when you put it out there, it's like, it's a shocker to them, right? Like, whoa, hold on, hold the phone back up 20 steps. You just said you want to quit your job. Like, (laughs) where did this come from? To them, it feels very out of the blue, right? So really the best way to execute on any of these things, whether it's I want to start my own business, as a family, we want to move somewhere, whatever it is, is to be having those conversations sort of constantly and all the time up front. Because if you don't do that, you're going to just completely shock the person, even if they're like the craziest person ever and they're always up for anything. If it comes out of the blue to them, they're going to emotionally feel disconnected and like, where did this come from and what's happening? And I could not agree with you more. I think, you know, my husband has never been on board with the business from day one. But, and that includes my first business, which was in real estate. And one of the things that has always been true for us, though, is like I've always kept him in the loop. And so the first time I'll tell him something, he's like, oh, really? Are you sure? Like it was, you know, I was 23. I wanted to buy my first rental property. And he was like, uh, you're crazy. <laughs> like, What are you doing? <laughs> right. But then I told him about it. We talked about it. We looked at all the different houses. He saw the benefits. He saw how it could impact our family. And then once that happened, he was so on board. But it really, like you said, the initial telling him of the idea was a little bit hard. But then over time, as they see the benefits and see what it might be able to do for the family, that's when he eventually came around. He's just not real entrepreneurial. So it's really hard for him to kind of wrap his head around making money outside of the traditional sense, right? Yeah. Right. And that's super common, right? So again, perfect example and all the more reason to just kind of keep the dialogue open because it doesn't mean the door is shut. It just means, hey, we need to talk about it more. But if you were operating in a complete vacuum and not sharing anything, there'd be just huge trust issues and all this kind of stuff. And that's the last thing anyone needs, especially when you need that partner or that comrade to like really hold your hand and walk you through the process. So Yeah, so true. And I'll tell you, like, it took me making a lot of money for him to feel very comfortable with me not working. And he had to see that it really did. There's limiting beliefs, and it's hard to change our own limiting beliefs. But when somebody else has them, it takes some real evidence, I guess you would say, to like really counter that. But once I told him like, hey, I'm good, right? Then he was way more supportive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect example. So I think that's a great, absolute perfect example and great addition. And I don't even know if I would say I have advice around that per se, but just keep the dialogue open all the time. I mean, my husband and I sit down regularly, even like once a week and just kind of have a time where, okay, where are we at? What do we have going on next week? And it's almost like we're our own little family business just in the things that we do and the way that we operate. You know, what are we going to expose Grace to this week? Where are we going to go? Where are we going to eat? How are we going to cook? Everything is just kind of a part of the collaborative discussion instead of operating in a vacuum. Yeah, I love that. So usually I ask about how being a mom has impacted your business. So 
can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because it seems like this really formed your desire to go into entrepreneurship. Yeah. So I think for me, it all has to do with that initial desire. When we first got married, we kind of said we weren't really going to have kids and just because we kind of enjoyed our lifestyle. And then as I got older, I realized actually I did want to have children. And eventually my husband came around the same way. So we were a little bit over older, not like unconventionally or anything like that, but a little bit older. And I think when we finally made the decision, because we were always good at family planning, if you will, even beforehand, we kind of had a conversation to just say, well, if we're going to do this, like if we're going to have a child, like what does that look like and what does that mean for us? It wasn't just a, oh, babies are cute. Let's have a baby. It was how is that going to, you know, impact and change our life forever? And how do we want that child to be raised and what do we want that child to be exposed to? And we kind of set these like boundaries and expectations for ourselves. And we even talked about how many kids we want to have, which is one, we don't plan to have another child and stuff. So, you know, we really put a lot of effort and thought into it beforehand. So we kind of had that going into it, knowing that no matter what, we want her to be in daycare or school very minimally at a young age, not at all, but just minimally. So, you know, we kind of set these expectations for ourselves. So once she was around and then we did go to work and kind of went back to quote unquote normal life as normal as it is after having a child, (laughs) everyone's laughing, you know, we started to see again that, okay, these were the expectations that we set. These are the things we said we wanted to do. And there were times where that wasn't in alignment anymore. And when my husband's job was going to change and he wasn't going to see her, that was actually one of the very first shifts where not only did we already have this like idea and we realized, hey, we should just go to Costa Rica, but we actually had him quit his job much earlier. So he left his job in January and he just stayed home and took care of Grace and spent that time with her along with prepping the house and selling some things and getting us organized. And then I was just the individual sole breadwinner for the family because it was more important to us to have him have that time with her, even if that meant a little bit less income was coming in for a while, than to have him go work on third shift and have none of us have exposure or see each other at all. So that was kind of the biggest shift for us. And that is really how grace has shaped everything for us because it was our need and desire. I want to spend more time with her that led to this next adventure, which led to the perfect timing of me being able to start my business. And then beyond that, I don't think being a mom really impacts my business anymore beyond that. And I'm very fortunate where my husband takes care of my daughter. So she doesn't go to daycare. She goes to daddy care. So I have space. I have time. I can close the door. I can go to a Starbucks. I can do what I want. And it feels very much like I'm going to work now. Don't get me wrong. There's absolutely days where she's popping in and out and distracting me and I don't feel very productive, but I have that ability to have that childcare and that help that I can grow my business and continue to do what I want to do and what I need to do, right? So I'm very fortunate in that sense, but being a mom has really shaped this complete change in my life. I mean, I went like five years ago, I live in a beautiful, beautiful big home in South Carolina that's far too large for two people to live in. Don't ask me why we ever thought this was a great purchase at the time of that day in our age. And it's like, I know everyone hates the cliche of the six-figure salary, but you know, I did. I made $120,000 a year in the state of South Carolina, and that's a great income. We bought a really beautiful house. I drove a Lexus SUV, and I could really buy or do whatever I wanted. And if you told me then, five years ago, that 
over the span of the next five years, I would have a child, quit my job, start a business, and a business that frankly was not making anywhere near the amount of money I made in corporate, right? But sustaining my lifestyle, allowing me to travel and live and do what I want, that I would live in France, that I would live in Costa Rica, that I'd go camping across the US, and that my husband would also not be working and be taking care of my daughter. I mean, I would have just I can't even tell you how hard I would. I would have laughed so hard I would have had a hernia. Like it just was not even a blip on the radar for me. So I feel like it's a funny situation where getting to where I'm at today was not necessarily part of my plan. Like it wasn't even necessarily a daydream I would have had because it wasn't on the radar at all. And it wasn't until we had grace that all of those things transitioned and came on the radar. And now we couldn't be happier living a frankly, completely opposite life than we were living before. Yeah. And you talk a lot about unconventional. So can you define what that means to you and kind of what that is? Yeah. So the whole thing with being unconventional to me is really that it means something completely different for everyone else. But it's really all about your uniqueness. So when we think about ourselves as business owners, what are the things that are really unique about us in the way that we operate our business and the way that we stand out and the way that we serve others? I think for me, being unconventional, so I'll give you the perfect example. Like when we first started telling people we were moving to Costa Rica, everyone was like, they kind of just look at you and stare at you and then their jaw would like drop a little bit and then they would go, (laughs) they would like literally almost every person would say, oh my gosh, you are doing what everyone wants to do. And it's not even the reaction I was expecting to get from people, but literally every person would be like, oh my gosh, you're doing what every person wants to do. So just when we even started the ball rolling and did that, I mean, people just thought we were crazy. And my parents still do. I mean, on some level, right? They still think that we're a little bit crazy and don't quite understand it. And so not only am I like, this person who's an entrepreneur starting to build a business in this crazy online world, being a coach, doing these things that frankly, a lot of people don't understand, right? People don't understand entrepreneurship. People don't understand coaching. Like they don't really know what coaching is. A lot of people. (laughs) So, you know, so there's all these things that people just don't get about this life that we've designed and crafted and created that feels so comfortable and so normal and so spot on for us. So for me, the whole concept of being unconventional is really just kind of stepping into your true self, being who you want to be, being unique, following your passions, serving who you want to serve, and just doing like, frankly, what feels good to you every day. And, you know, waking up and thinking about what does success look like for me today? And how am I going to get there? And just making it happen, you know, and there's crazy ways that that happens for some people whether they live in an RV for five years, they travel around the world for five years, whether they do just keep their corporate job, but they start a side hustle, whether they write a book. I mean, everyone has something in them that is a little bit unique that they either really need or want to draw out. And that's really what it's all about. Anytime I ask an entrepreneur what makes a month conventional, they say, well, the fact that I'm an entrepreneur, right? Like, that's easy. Like, everyone can answer it that way. But in reality, we do all have things that are special about us. And I think the older that you get to, the more you recognize that, where you just look at even the friends that you keep and how different you all are. And wow, I can't believe I'm actually friends with this person because really we are like so different, but there's just something about them that, you know, attracts you to them. And then you have a great time together or that you can talk to them for hours or something. So everyone offers something, whether it's a skill set, a strength, personality trait, that they bring to the table that just is that piece of them that just fits for them and maybe not anyone else. And that's really kind of what makes them 
unconventional. And if you're able to live that out in your life and be that person, kudos, props to you and do it if you can, because it's the most rewarding thing ever. (laughs) Yeah. And I love how you've made it unique. And it's kind of how I talk about success. I think success is unique to every person too, because like you just said, I mean, for somebody else, $120,000 a year income in a corporate job is success, right? And to somebody else, living in Costa Rica could be success, right? So I think defining it and being okay with it changing too. Absolutely. And I think that's the key. And I don't think people talk about that a lot. I think you're spot on with that. Like being okay with it changing or knowing for you personally that it is okay for it to change. And I think with success, it's really important too to think about every aspect of success. There's going to be tangible pieces to it. There's going to be external factors, like how does it reflect upon other people? And there's going to be just genuine emotion around it, right? So if you really focus on the different pieces, you can see how is it changing for me? How do I know? How can I gauge myself? And when you really focus in on the emotion, you genuinely recognize that all the other pieces around it will change. Like if I say at the end of the day, success for me is just being happy, well, happiness was different five years ago than it is today and probably will be different five years from now. So really being focused in on like the key driver for you, whether it's like an emotion or something, and then just being okay with the rest of it changing around you will allow you to continue to shape and grow. Because if I said five years ago, the most important thing for me, what I defined success by was money and my salary, I would not be considered successful today because I'm not bringing in that much money, right? That's just not realistic. And even back then, that wasn't the driver for me. It wasn't the money. That was just a factor. That was a tangible piece of filling out the whole puzzle and sort of rounding it all out. So really focusing in how you want to feel at the end of the day and what that looks like, how you get there and what the tangible pieces are, are going to constantly change. Yes. Oh my gosh. And when you said that, like the emotion behind it, it's so brought up for me that that's, I felt very successful as a nurse because I was helping people. And to me, that is success is for me to make an impact and to help others. And so obviously through the transition of all the different careers, that's always been the driving force for me. Exactly. Exactly. So what do you think so far on your journey? Is there anything you wish you knew like a little bit sooner, maybe a lesson that you want to share with others? I think about this question a lot, primarily because I ask it to other people a lot too in interviews and stuff as well. And I think for me personally, I actually don't think I would change anything. I think every step that I've had in my journey has helped to shape where I'm going in the future. I can say I want to know a year and a half ago what I know now, and there probably is some truth to that, but I have genuinely learned something about my business or myself like every step along the way. And I have had just a million failures, like too many to like recount. But for me, failures, you know, develop and change into something that turns into gold later because then I know what not to do or how to change things or how to shift things and all of that. So I wouldn't change my journey at all. However, I think that the lessons that I've learned are always going to continue to be good advice for others who are just starting out so that they can figure out how to grow and shape their journey themselves. Now, being a little bit unconventional, I definitely don't believe in blueprints. And even when I work 
with my coach, I still didn't like the idea, me personally, of following someone else's structure. So I would take pieces and I would go and shift it and change it and do something else. But I knew that going in, that was why I hired a coach was to get one more perspective, right? Knowing I'll take some of it and some of it I won't. And that's just me. And that's exactly how I've gone and what has allowed me to kind of become who I am and to help others in that way. So I think some of the things that jump out at me that I would tell people like just getting started. So I always say one of the most important things is plan your work and work your plan. So anyone who follows me knows I talk a lot about goals and plans. And I really do think that is the most important thing you can do. Your goals can change. Your plan can change. But if you don't have anything documented or written down and you're not sort of tracking or logging yourself to something, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. I mean, when you have those days where you sit down and turn the computer on and you just work, 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 check email, check this, get distracted on Facebook, work, work, work. And you get to the end of the day and you're like, what the heck did I just get done? I've been working for 12 hours and you like accomplished nothing. Well, it's probably because you didn't have a to-do list or a goal or a plan or something written down. And it doesn't even have to be complicated. It's like I help people with goals and planning and all sorts of creative ways to log it and track it, and measure it and all that. But at the end of the day, it just needs to be really simple. It needs to be something that works for you. So even if that means you wake up in the morning and with coffee, you write down three things you want to accomplish for the day and you focus just on those three, great. But if you don't plan your work and work your plan, you're never going to get anywhere. So have some sort of plan, have some sort of goals, do it in a way that feels good for you. I have a link that I know you will be sharing, which is to my website, discovery-coaching.com and then forward slash tools. And on there, I've got a really basic business plan. And it's not a really fancy one. Like you can get some really cool, fancy business plans. For me, it's more around the emotion and thinking about how you want to show up, who you want to serve, and then combining it with some basic goals that you want to accomplish, right? So almost more like the emotional and soft skill side, but starting to get into some of the planning idea. And then I also have a giant goal setting workbook that's uber detailed and like 25 pages. I mean, it's super, super long, but it's really only for the person who's like, I want someone to walk me through goal planning step by step by step by step. step." Not everybody's like that, right? Like even for myself, what works for goal planning is writing things on post-it notes and using my planner. And, you know, I use it very simple methods to keep myself on track, but plan your work, work your plan. And I'll repeat some of the things a lot of other people say too, like, don't feel like you have to have a website and all that stuff first. Like that absolutely is not the first step. Just even knowing who you want to serve and how you're going to serve them is a really good way to start. Cause you can start talking to people, whether it's pro bono or doing like what Mariana did, going out and interviewing 50 people to find out what they truly need so that she can craft a product that's perfect for that person, right? There's so many things you can do before you even have a website and are like moving yourself forward. So just getting started, create a plan, create a vision, and just really start to execute somehow. I think is some of the best ways to just get moving. I think so often we overthink it and that's human nature and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's going to prevent you from moving forward or from taking any action. And action is what breeds momentum. Momentum is really just kind of what drives you forward to achieving your goals. So perfect example, let's say you have a goal that you want to start running and you want to run a mile a day, but you're not even a runner or barely a walker and you're not getting exercise. One of the best things you can do is put your tennis shoes like right in front of the door. And then when you get up, you have to go, you put your tennis shoes on. And I'll tell you what, as soon as those tennis shoes are on, you're going to say, well, I might as well go for a walk. You know, it's just like simple little tasks, simple little steps that will help you move forward. So that's kind of what I would say. Plan your work, work your plan. Don't stress about the websites. Just start taking action 
and start executing. Otherwise, there are so many ways you can build a business. There are so many ways you can grow a business. Don't be afraid to reach out and get support. It doesn't mean you are like desperate and not good. It just means you need some perspective, maybe some clarity, you need some support, whether that's a coach or a mentor or a consultant or an accountability partner or your mom or a best friend, you know, reach out to someone to get help. And then as you do that, you'll start to recognize and realize who are going to be the people who are in your corner who are going to be the people who can actually help you move forward. Because sometimes friends and family are not the people that will help you move forward. They might hinder you a little bit. So you'll recognize that quickly and realize, oh gosh, I do need a coach. Like I need someone who's actually going to hold me accountable and not question what the heck I'm doing every single time I take a step. So you'll start to kind of recognize those relationships and how you can use those as tools to grow. And then all of that will create sustainability that will allow you to build and continue on years and years and years from now. And I truly believe that, like I said, every failure or challenge that I've had has allowed me to learn and grow. And for me, that feels like the way that I've created a sustainable business because I see a lot of businesses out there that I could tell you just like by looking through Facebook and stuff, what businesses are going to be sustainable, which people are going to succeed and which ones are going to fail. And it doesn't have anything to do with the amount of money they're making sometimes because some of them will make a lot of money right out of the gate, right? But it may not be a very sustainable business and it may not be one that they can keep going too forward with for one reason or another, right? So make it a sustainable business by really planning your work, working your plan, allowing those failures and challenges to continue to allow you to grow and push forward and reach out and get help if you can do that because it will really allow you to hold yourself accountable in a different way and then get support that maybe you didn't even know you needed because sometimes there's help we don't even know we need. You know, especially those of us who've come out of corporate, who've been successful, you know, we think we're great at everything and then you do something on your own, you realize, oh, maybe I'm not so great at that. Maybe I do need some support. Maybe I do need some advice. Maybe I do need a few tips and tricks. And it's okay to go looking for those and asking for those. So tell us a little bit about, you mentioned you can tell like when a business isn't going to do well. Like how do you know? Like what are some signs or what are some things that people can I guess, look out for in their business to help yeah. them stay sustainable? Yeah. So it's a good question. I don't think I've ever actually technically answered it before. So I'm going to be flying by the seat of my pants here with this one. But <laughs> what I would say is, first of all, you need to be unique. And that's obvious, right, to some people, but maybe not to others. So you absolutely have to be performing as yourself. You need to be you within your business. You need to be unique and you need to stand out. And that doesn't mean you have to be like crazy. Like go look at my website. It's not like wild and crazy or anything, but it's just that there's some common things in my messaging that resonate with certain people, common things in my story that resonate with certain people. And then my approach, the way I talk, the way I coach, those are the things that make me unique, right? It's not like I have purple hair. Like that's not a requirement to be unique, but you do have to have some things about you that are unique and different from everyone else because no one's ever going to be sitting at their computer, right? Typing on Google, I need a coach and not have 1 billion options for coaches, right? It's not like, you know, mm -hmm. someone's going to call you someday and go, oh my gosh, I've been looking for a coach forever and I've never been able to find one. Like it just doesn't work that way, right? <laughs> so you do have those things that are really unique and are going to allow you to stand out. Okay. So that's number one. Number two is to be very adaptable and flexible. And I think that's important in any business model, of course, but 
when you're just constantly doing the same, 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 same thing, you get to the point where, yeah, it's working, but you're not pushing out of your comfort zone and you're not continuing to develop or grow, right? So that's a little bit more of like a longer term type vision, but you've got to be adaptable and you've got to be able to see what's happening in the environment around you and to shift. So like Facebook is a great example, right? There's a lot of especially like business coaches who made a lot of money early on through Facebook groups and things like that. And those people will continue to succeed for a while because Facebook groups are going to be around for a while. People will continue to get business that way. But that market is starting to get a little saturated. Now, it's not going away by any means. But if you aren't looking for other opportunities and other ways that you can be attracting clients, communicating with people, then you might be setting yourself up for failure in the future. So you got to be adaptable. you got to be looking at what's happening in the environment, what's happening in the news. You know, it's kind of silly, but like read the news, pay attention to what's going on. Who's the president going to be, right? All this stuff impacts the future of our businesses. And it doesn't matter if you're a coach or if you're selling books or if you have a game you're selling or whatever, right? All of those things. And then the last thing really goes back to what I said on the last point, which is plan your work and work your plan. I think a lot of people will write a business plan when they first create a business. And then three years later, they realize they haven't updated it. They haven't looked at it. They forgot what's on it. Have they even looked at their metrics or the return on investment? Like, are they actually checking how they're doing financially? Like what's actually going on within the business? And you need to kind of keep doing that constantly. So it's really good to be working on goals like every month or every three months at a minimum, every 90 days at a minimum, and make sure that you create a new business plan every year that really tackles and attaches to whatever you're accomplishing that year. Because the reality is we do a little bit of different stuff every year. So are we aligning our business plan to that? Are we making sure that we're creating sustainability long-term by doing that. So it's kind of that mentality of always looking forward. And I do think it's important for a business, especially in this like online crazy solopreneur world, you do need to have like a five-year, 10-year plan. And your five-year plan might be sell a business and be done. Like that could be your plan, like no big deal. Or maybe not even sell it. Just say, I'm going to do this for five years and then I want to do something else. Like that's totally cool. Like it can be totally whatever you want it to be, but you need to have something around there, some sort of plan or vision for where you want the business to be in like five or 10 years. So that's what I mean when I say all that. And the reason I say I can spot it is because I've been now in this online space for so long that I see a lot of people doing things consistently the same way, not really changing things up. And you can kind of see downturn on some groups and pages and, you know, just activity that's stalling out. You can see the people who were really active for three months and then they kind of just like disappeared. Like, hmm, I wonder where that person went. I haven't seen them in a while. So you just kind of see those trends. Now, I'm kind of one of those people because I'm a little bit of a lurker. Like I participate in groups and some people know me, especially in certain groups that I kind of try to collaborate in more. And I have my own group, but... I don't spend all my time on Facebook because I spend my time on other places as well. On LinkedIn, I do a lot of research. I do a lot of cold calling, cold marketing. I am a small women-owned business through the government. I bid on federal contracts. So I do a lot of other stuff too to try and well round out my business overall because as a leadership coach, there's a lot of areas that I can support and serve. As a trainer, there's a lot of areas I can support and serve. So it's really important for me not only to be working on doing those areas and putting it into my plan, but actually executing on it and be constantly looking for that new thing, right? Like 
what's going on? What am I going to predict is like that next new thing? And how can I make sure I'm capitalizing on it? I feel like I went on a tangent there a little bit, but hopefully that answered your question. (laughs) Yes, that's so good. So let me just recap the points here. So the first one is to be unique. And the second one was to evolve. And be adaptable. Yep. Yeah. And plan your work, work your plan. So I think it was be unique and be you, um, be adaptable and kind of be always, you know, willing to change and be looking for those changes, plan your work, work your plan and make sure your plan includes updated business plans and good five and 10 year out plans as well. And then again, just in general, be looking at what is going on around you so that are there other areas that you can be capturing clients or creating business for yourself just because you're an online entrepreneur doesn't mean you can't have grants for business doesn't mean you can't get a contract for government doesn't mean you can't work as a freelancer for another company that hires coaches right like I have two companies that I coach for outside of my business as well so be creative for some reason I think some people think they're failing if 100% of their business doesn't come from something they generated from one specific place and I think that's really strange like when I get an opportunity to teach or train when someone hires me as a consultant to me like that's what having a business is all about. Plus I can pick and choose which of those jobs I want, right? But that's what it's all about. And that will create more relationships, referrals, and more long-term sustainability. Yes. I love that. And I love the point that you made about Facebook groups. I talked about it in the very first episode about how I generated a lot of money from my Facebook group when I was starting out, even with a really small group. And I don't know if it's like totally saturated, meaning like nobody else can make money in Facebook groups, but definitely there have been changes. And so when I noticed this, I started to like dive into Facebook ads. And so I took some of that money and I put it into Facebook ads and like really had to learn Facebook ads. Like that was not something that I learned overnight, but I love what you're saying. Like you have to see what's happening around you and kind of looking at it from a big picture. And not to say that I was ever like, oh my God, Facebook groups are dying. But what I did think is, okay, that was a cool phase. I can sustain that, right? Like I can keep my Facebook group going. Like what's the next thing? Like how can I grow a little bit more? Like what's the next step? Yep, exactly, exactly. And you know, something else just popped in my head that I think is really important when you said that too, which is it doesn't even matter if it's your own business and you love it things get boring, right? Things do get boring. And when you're being too repetitive or doing the same thing, it can get boring. And when you get bored, you lose interest, you lose clients, your business goes down and all of a sudden your business is failing. So don't allow yourself and don't paint yourself into a corner where you get bored because you're like, oh my gosh, I hate Facebook. I'm so sick of it. You know, and all of a sudden it's the last thing you want to be doing, but that's the only thing you built your business on, right? So be thinking about what's going to also be fun. And if you see that you're getting tired of something, then take that moment to stop and think about, okay, where can I up my energy level again? Where can I get more excited about my business again? And see if you can shift a little bit to try something different. Yeah, I love that. And I think as entrepreneurs, that's like our thing, right? Like we get more easily like multi-passionate. I think that's exactly why we're doing this, right? Like exactly why. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Okay. So Let me ask just a couple more questions because we're almost out of time here. So if you had to start all over again, you had no business, no team to help you. You had no list, no connections. You just had three hours a day and $5,000. What would you do? 
Oh gosh. And $5,000. I love that. So I thought about this a little bit and I don't know that I would do something very different from what I'm already doing to be completely honest, which is kind of silly in a way, but I would maybe start things a little bit different. Cause like I mentioned, at least I've had some of those lessons, but I wouldn't necessarily change all those lessons that I've had. I have had a few great shifts and a few great ideas for me personally in my business that have led me to be thinking about even maybe starting a second business. So there's kind of some ideas around there. But at the end of the day, what I figured out is I love doing this because I love to serve. I love to help and support people. And I want people to be able to make their vision happen. And when they're feeling so stuck that they don't even know what their vision is, I love supporting those people to dig in and dive in and really figure out what that vision is. So if I were to do anything slightly different, it would be to kind of take that passion and that drive, but then to take my other strength and skill, which is really more around management and leadership. And that was what I was really, really focused in on when I was in my corporate career. I'd like to find a way to kind of meld the two a little bit more. So what I mean by that is, I want to not even necessarily be the person coaching all the time, but I want to have a team of coaches and I want to be connecting people. So I want to be some sort of company or something where I get the opportunity to truly connect those that need or want support with those who are able to provide it in a very niche type area. So that is something that I'm really passionate about. And I'm actually kind of diving into how I can start doing that. And I've kind of even like bought a website and I'm actually getting some things going and I've got some work going on behind the scene around that. But for me, I'm just excited about always about the idea of connecting people so that people can get the support that they need to move forward. Because there's been so many times in my life where I've utilized that resource, loved it and needed it. And even in this online space, creating all these business besties and constantly like referring one person to another or, oh, you should talk to so-and-so or you should download so-and-so's freebie. I think you'll like it. I just love being able to do that and connect people. And that's the only other thing I can think of I would do. And I just haven't quite figured out 100% exactly how to do that. That's so exciting though. So you would use pretty much your strengths in leadership coaching and your own leadership skills and generate a business that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's important in every business. And that's what I work on my clients with is using your strengths and your skills and your interests, your hobbies, your passions, and finding the sweet spot based off of all that. So there's not really anything that would drastically change because that's the business I created from the start. You know, I spent years coaching in corporate and I loved it. And that's why I started it this way. So I would just kind of maybe slightly tweak it or beef it up a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. So is there anything that I haven't asked you yet that you want to share with moms who want to get to the next level of success? Probably nothing you didn't ask, but I would just reiterate to start taking action of some sort. So if you're sitting there and you know you want to do something and you have a reason you want to do it, like maybe it goes back to just the fact that you want to be able to be home more often or something, you know, I don't know, everyone has their own reason, but don't be afraid to just start brainstorming ideas. And even if that just means getting out a piece of pen and paper and just journaling or writing some things down and writing down ideas and start thinking about them, don't be afraid to sit down and talk to your spouse and say, Hey, I'm thinking about this. And you kind of never know what great ideas they will come up with too. I mean, my husband has great ideas for my business all the time. So just start that dialogue, start the conversation and those little steps, just getting started, will start to move 
move you in the right direction. Don't feel like you have to have a blog, you have to have a website. Just kind of start thinking, start writing, and moving yourself forward. And if you do already have all those things, make sure you feel really good about your goals and your plan. And if you don't, you can download some of my resources or reach out to Mariana or myself or anyone really for support. But really focus in on a plan that's going to help you hold yourself accountable and move yourself forward. Love that. So where can people find those resources and connect with you more? Yeah. So my website is discovery-coaching.com. And if you hit forward slash tools, you'll see a couple of those. It's peppered in a few places. I also have what I call a launcher unconventional life workbook, which is actually a really fun, like I think it's five pages workbook where you can just kind of start to walk through some goals and get some things documented for yourself and move yourself forward and figure out what does it look like for me to be unconventional and how do I do it? (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. And we'll definitely link that in the show notes. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mariana. It has been so much fun talking to you and your audience. I know you have such a great following, so it's a great place to share and connect. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. You've been listening to the Mom Entrepreneur Success Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, I'd love to hear from you. Head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. By reviewing the show, it allows us to reach more moms to help them grow their businesses. So head on over there, leave us an honest rating, and I can't wait to catch up with you there. Have an awesome day.